Welcome back to the Chasing Tone podcast. Today we talk about an article called Apple is reportedly planning to end digital music downloads by 2019. So it's it's an article that came out on Genius.com, which is, it may have some truth to it, may not. It's kind of speculative, of course. We talk about how money in the music industry works and what to do if you're wanting to make money from your music. So let's jump right in right now. Good morning, Mr. Brian Wampler. How are you doing today, sir? Well, hello there. We're going to pretend uh, yet again well. that we haven't I'm, been uh... speaking for 10 minutes before this. Oh. <laughs> it's always this weird if we thing, right? we were having right? a conversation before this, yeah, definitely is, definitely is. And uh, I'm still half awake because I woke up late today. And uh, my brain may be maybe not working correctly. Well, for a little bit longer. I don't know how that's any different than any other episode we've ever done. Neither of our brains are ever at full capacity. That's true. That's true. But today, I am uh, a little less awake than normal. (laughs) But that's okay. I'm here. I'm here, and I have coffee, and life is life is okay today. Good deal. Good deal. Well, I'm uh, and and I have my new iMac with the with the with the heart with without hard drive problems. So. We should be uh, should be good to go. Why did you say that? You should not have said that. <laughs> That's I have faith in it. Uh, well, I have complete oh, faith. Knock in on it. wood. Knock on wood. This could go. This could go completely <laughs> off the rails at, at this point. The machine's gonna take over and decide what we're gonna do for us. That's true. Siri is listening to us, so Siri might decide to make the hard drive mess up. Mm-hmm. Or Alexa. Alexa so. might come in and mm-hmm. sabotage it because she doesn't like that Siri lady. That's true. That's true. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's. A, I want to see Alexa and Siri fight. I want to see you know, Alexa and Siri like. just in general. I've never seen either of them. Have you? Uh, I have not. But, you know, whenever I hear Siri, I have a picture in my mind. Mm-hmm. Of what that looks like, you know, mm-hmm. kind of a friendly grandmotherly lady, you know, mm-hmm. that's what it looks like in my mind. So that doesn't but, sound uh, like somebody, I, I think Alexa could be like Xena warrior princess. So we, I think she might be able to take, <laughs> you know, cause like Suri, Suri can open apps and do things, but like Alexa actually like brings you stuff, you know, like hard goods. It's true. It's a weird deal. That's true, but she but she charges your card for it. What? You know, she charges your card for it. But you mean you know she, you you get charged money for that? She doesn't just. That's not just out of the kindness of it, of Jeff Bezos's heart. To like just, no oh uh-uh. no if you buy Alexa you, that doesn't mean you can be like Alexa, bring me a new Telecaster. Uh, you know and. Uh, and Alexa's Alexa just says, "Sure, you've got money left on your credit card. We can do this." You know, I'm gonna need to call up Chase Bank and uh, apologize <laughs> profusely. Might need to put some funds in the account. <laughs> <laughs> I think I'm gonna have to sell some pedals. Ugh. This is ugly. Uh, I've been doing things wrong, Brian. I'm gonna have to go. Um, this isn't. I don't. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Anyway. Yep. So. We, uh, yeah, so we, I don't know if anyone out there, go ahead. Oh, I was just going to give a little backstory, but it sounds like you were going to do that too, so. Go for it. 
Well, no, go for it. You do. You do it while I sip on my coffee. Okay. Um. So earlier this week, Brian here posted a an article, a link to what's the website called? Genius.com or something like that. Uh, which was like genius.com. So so you know it's you know it's accurate. Right. You know it's good. You know? it's not fake news. Um. Right. Right. Basically, it's like an Apple kind of rumor mill type of website. Uh. You know. On those websites, things tend to be about 40% accurate, it seems like, uh, which is not bad for how secretive Apple likes to be. But the gist of it is apparently Apple is is looking at ending all, like, downloads of music, like paid downloads, and moving everything over to a streaming-only model as far as iTunes goes. And obviously right. that has some... Uh, just, just Apple Music, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So that obviously has some pretty big impacts on the way musicians and artists who use that service get paid, um, which kind of led to a discussion in the tone group about that subject and basically led to, well, looks like we're going to be doing a business episode this time. So uh, here we are. That's the uh, <laughs> that's the backstory to what we're kind of talking about today and what we think, if, if that comes true, which I have various reasons to believe that it would... Um, what that means for kind of musicians at large, basically. That's kind of what right. we're talking about. Well, and and most people realize that I wouldn't say it necessarily was iTunes that killed the music industry, but probably Napster kind of giving it a primer and then iTunes stepping into that role to finally kill any sort of profit in the music industry. Yeah, at least... <laughs> I, mean, I mean, I mean, th- there's... There was a lot of money flying around for years and years and years, but um, if anyone if anyone has ever had like a major record label deal that then didn't like but didn't turn out so well, usually how that played out is this: the record company would loan you a bunch of money at a stupid high interest rate, and when you didn't pay it back, I'm sorry, if you didn't make if you didn't sell enough products, then you still owed that money. And so you declared bankruptcy. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> you know, like, and this happened, to, that that's what happened to MC Hammer, where um, MC Hammer was an artist in the 80s or 90s <laughs> for you young kids. Uh. Uh, you know, he was a, he, he had a bunch of hits, and then he had an album that didn't do well, and maybe he mismanaged some money, I have no idea on that part. But he couldn't pay back his gigantic record deal at stupid amounts of interest, and... Um, had to declare bankruptcy. Yeah, that's why you hear guys so. back in the day, and I mean, even still a little bit today, they're like, oh man, I got a huge advance. It's like an advance is essentially a loan. Like, it, it, that's it's just a loan. It sounds cool, it, right? Like, I got $500,000. I don't think that kind of money gets thrown in, around anymore, but like a small band could, could, that got a really good deal, could get, you know, several thousand dollars to record their album. Now, what that's supposed to do is right. pay for the recording of the album and pay for their life, basically, and any gear they need. It's basically supposed to pay for everything that is required for them to get that album out. That includes, you know, them being alive and having somewhere to live. But the the deal is, like, we get X percent of all of your sales or 100 percent of all of your sales until that money is paid back and then some. Because the record company's got to make money somehow. So right, that's the way it was for years and years, and I think it still is in, in 
many ways, but uh, I'm not as familiar with that as you might be. But what we're talking about here no, is... No, I mean, it's... Oh, go ahead. It's still it's still roughly that way. I mean, the thing that that loan is... It's kind of funny because there's laws for whenever you get a loan. Like, you can only have be charged so much interest in a couple of different ways. But a record deal isn't doesn't have to follow those rules. So really the interest can be whatever they want it to be. Wow. <laughs> so it's it's pretty hard to get and that's really how they make a lot of money mm-hmm. is they they bring in a lot of money and with the way the deal's set up unless you're a really good businessman going into it, it's pretty easy to get screwed on this. So I mean like Joe so Billy Corgan was on Joe Rogan's podcast, I don't know month ago maybe yeah and it was enlightening because he was talking about exactly how it worked with the smashing pumpkins whenever they got their deal mm-hmm. and and basically the the record company owned him for like 18 years or something stupid like that yep and um yeah i mean like he didn't make much at all the first couple big albums and we're talking like siamese dream and, and gish and some of the big albums they did and it was just because the way the deal was structured now the more album sales he had he was able to renegotiate with them and start to finally make some money but the, the first couple albums that that they put out apparently he just completely got screwed up, up one side and down the other yeah I, I, like know. him him and everybody in the band as far as i understand so right it's just right he was lucky because he was a songwriter as well he was the songwriter and so he kind of got a little more. He, well, not kind of. He did get more money than the other bandmates because mm-hmm. um, songwriters actually make a, a pretty good chunk of change. They can. So they can for sure. Um, they they can. They can. Yeah. yeah. Depends on there again the deal. And everyone's a little bit unique. There's some guys that have had great experiences because uh, their deal right. was structured much more favorably. Um, right. But what we're talking about here with everything moving to a streaming model, so now it's not really about moving see, even a download could be considered or is considered like a unit sold. Like there's a hard price on it and there's a percentage yep. that gets divvied up. Um a streaming model, there's not a hard unit that gets sold. It's not like here's one album for ten bucks. It's here's point zero 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 cents per song streamed. Like I don't right. even know what the rate is, but right. it's it's minuscule. Um, yeah, I mean, I mean, I know um, I've known a couple guys that were you know had a lot of downloads on like Spotify, mm-hmm. and the check was like one hundred and fifty bucks. Yeah, <laughs> it's like you got how many hundreds of thousands of downloads? But a hundred bucks that just doesn't make sense, man. Yeah, I think uh, I mean, granted, so, we're not like we don't. It's not our thing. It's just something we did for fun. But our band, you know, it's it's out there on Spotify and iTunes and stuff. I think the last time I I asked about the what the account looked like on that, I think it was at like sixty bucks. Like, yeah. It, it, well, that's where I listen to your band. Yeah, I listen to you guys on Spotify. Yeah, it's a, it's on there. But it's like it, yep. it's not like it yep. was always like we're not gonna. This isn't our thing. This is just a the love of music that's driving this is we're, we're not, we're not going to be a band. You know what I mean? <laughs> uh, so this was all, yeah. all expected, but it is kind of, it's almost borderline comical to see like, wow, $60. <laughs> like, okay, well, this is a hard way to make a living. 
Um, it's it's almost like it's almost like selling advertising on a gear podcast. It is. <laughs> it's. it's <laughs> oh, sorry. That is. I a, had, that's I had a to t- go there. That's a tough but, way to make a living. I, I gotta gotta tell you, gotta get more creative than that. Yeah, and this. We need we need more people listening listening to gear podcasts. I mean, why why can't we have a hundred what hundred thousand followers or a million followers? Yeah, like why why, why is that? <laughs> well, I don't know if you've listened. I don't mean we. I mean we as as in all the gear podcasts. <laughs> well, I don't anyways, know if you've but, listened to your podcast or not, but there's a good reason why not. I'm just throwing it up there. <laughs> I have listened to it. Okay. I have, yeah. And, that should, I have, should and, be... and I get it because if I was a, if I was a listener, I'd be like, man, these guys never stay on topic. No, <laughs> no, they don't. What are they talking about right now? Oh. But my uh, my kind of thoughts on this is is it's just moving. It's moving it. Uh, it's still. I don't think it's impossible to. It's clearly not impossible to be successful as a musician, right? Um, now. Granted, well, it, yeah, totally not impossible. Yeah, it, but it is hard. Like people used to be able to like kind of kick back and collect royalty checks um, when they got to a certain level, and even larger, right. big name artists can't can't even hardly rely on that as an income stream anymore. Some can, but yeah, it's it was so, yeah, but not as much. Even the bigger name guys, they're making their money from touring and merch. Mm-hmm. You know, and they're not making it from album sales. No. No, I mean, look, or radio play it, or anything like. That. I mean, they're making some, but not like they once did. No, I mean, even Elton John is still touring on the regular, and he's like one of the biggest artists in the world. He's still got a tour, right? Uh, yeah, I mean, there's, there, and there's been some guys I've talked to that I would think would be rolling in money, and they're going back, they're going out and doing stuff because they need the money. Like you would, you would think that some of the some big name guys would have a big stack of cash and the truth is some big name guys really don't have a <laughs> stack of cash in fact they're one bill away from working at the gas station mm-hmm. <laughs> you know i mean it, it's um it's a it's it's tough it really is tough and that's and that's why you see a lot of people that actually will go tour um you know outside the united states oh yeah like i remember travis feaster uh, when he did like he had a blues band or whatever, and they would go play, you know, other in other countries, and sometimes there'd be gigantic crowds because they'd have this huge fan base in this a certain country or a certain area, mm-hmm. and you know, then they'd come back here and play to like five people. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but but I mean, original music is looked at. And we've talked about this before. Original music is it's totally different in some areas. So like in Portland, your music scene. Is completely different than Martinsville, Indiana, for sure. Yeah, I'd say and definitely Indianapolis, Indiana, too. I'd say we got a little bit of a more robust music scene over here, just just yeah, just a touch. Yeah, I mean, yeah, here and it, like even in like um, uh, where's Earthquaker from? Is it Cleveland? Uh, it, Akron. It's Ohio. Akron. But anyways, Akron. Yeah. Okay, yeah, Akron's got a pretty cool music scene mm-hmm. that doesn't exist, and we're, we're we're the state next to them. They're like four hours away from us. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, so a couple hundred miles, and it you if you play if you play an original song here, people that's when people will go to the bathroom, or they go out and smoke. <laughs> I mean, that's they don't want to hear it. Like they just don't want to hear that. They're like, "Hey, can y'all play that new Blake Shelton song?" And you're like, "Come on, man, <laughs> really, seriously?" Uh, yeah, I mean, 
It, but that's just a. But yeah, that's so. That's what you end up playing. You end up playing Freebird all night long. Well, and that that is I I'm, I gotta say I mean that is a direct like um, I guess if you want to say fault of the record companies and how the business is structured because what a lot of people well, yeah. don't know yep. and it's a little bit it's a little bit more uh, nuanced than what I'm making it sound like so don't take this as exactly how it works but it's more or less everything that's on the radio and you wonder. Why do I keep hearing the same song over and over again on this on this radio station? It's played like seven times today. Somebody got their pocket greased for that. That's how that works. And they just yes. play it over and over again until people think that they like it just because they it's familiar now. Not that they actually like they it. They just, just jab it into your brain. Mm-hmm. And eventually you're going to be doing the dishes or something. And that you're going to start hearing that song in your head. And you're like, oh my God, I can't get the song out of my head. Mm-hmm. And... There you go. That's why. Yep. And that's <laughs> <laughs> because they've they've manipulated. They manipulated their way through it. They did. It's one- but I mean, but there's also there's there's also the formula that they that people use. So like in pop music, there's a standard formula. In country music, there's a standard formula. And that's basically the two things they play on the radio here. Yeah. So <laughs> I mean, it, it, like you can't and you can't deviate if you want your song on the radio. You know, you have to follow one of the four different song structures, and it's got to be about basically the same topics with a creative lyrical twist, or not and, so creative. Um, Don't get too creative. That, or yeah, yeah. I mean, like, shoot. Let's look at like Kesha. Mm-hmm. You know, the pop singer, right? Or, uh, I mean, that's just the one that popped in over my head. Like, her songs aren't too deep, and they're basically all about the same thing. Mm-hmm. Everyone. I mean, she, now she has grown up a bit over the past couple of years, so that is starting to change. But she was a big pop artist here, and every song was about drinking and partying and sex. Every single one. Mm-hmm. So, and it worked. She sold a bazillion albums. I mean, or downloads, I should say. Well, downloads, rather, rather. yeah. What, however, it works. Uh, yeah, she made a lot of money, or you know, and and that goes into a deeper conversation. I don't know if she she I think, based on some recent news stories, might um might be one of those very you know quote unquote successful people that didn't end up with a big pile of cash because she was so young getting into it and all this other nonsense that she got yeah. roped into, it seems like she might be victim of, of one of those things. I'm not positive on that, but it's start. It's kind of, I, I, I don't know her. I, I know, um, one of her parents, maybe both of her parents were really successful country songwriters. Oh, really? I did not know that. I don't know if you knew that. Yeah. So she was from the Nashville area. I, I yeah, pretty sure real Nashville. And her parents were, uh, were accomplished songwriters who had hits on the radio, you know, and um, so her, you know, she her mom and this career. <laughs> oh, sorry, go ahead. I was going to make a bad joke. Never mind. No, it's it just, it's just a, <laughs> it's just a career that that she created, being a young girl and rebellious and knowing people in the music industry, and they created this whole persona around it. You know, mm-hmm. I think she didn't she debut on quote unquote debut on YouTube with the video. I don't With remember TikTok or whatever it was. Yeah, it was like some basically way out there video that was slightly rebellious and you know what what old people like me would call distasteful these <laughs> days, you know. And um, 
And it got like 40 billion views, you know. But that's because we live in a Justin Bieber world. <laughs> you could you could put a video on YouTube being very talented and somebody will find a way to exploit you and make a bunch of money and give you a little bit of it mm -hmm. while you self-destruct. <laughs> uh, that seems to be uh, pretty much exactly what what happened there. I mean, I didn't I didn't think we were going to spend this much time talking about Kesha, but like it seems to be the that she's Sorry. she's like like you said, she's getting a little bit older, and it seems like she's trying to put put it back together the way she thought it was going to work. Is because I've just been like reading right. some really sad stories about what has happened to her through this, and it's like, ugh, it, you know, yeah. there's a lot of wonderful people in the music business, but there's clearly some horrible people still out there uh, just looking to basically <laughs> take advantage of of young artists who really want to try to make a name for themselves. Um. It's like, yeah, we yeah. can do that and for it, you. It's easy to be in that position. Just sign right here. Mm -hmm. You know? <laughs> yeah. Here's here's a 500-page contract, but, uh, you know, it's all good. Just sign the back one, back page. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah, it's just, I, I, it's you just, know, I, just trust me. Just lawyer stuff. Don't worry about it. You know, just sign it. It's okay. Ugh. Um, But, so, <laughs> to try to get somewhat back on topic... What do you think? Sure. What do you think that moving to an all streaming model is going to do if the, if that does happen? If basically all the pop, most popular music platforms are streaming only, what you know? What do you see? How do you see that affecting a, a smaller like independent artist? I don't. You know, I've thought about this. I. If all the major artists really said no, we're not going to stand for this. You're you're not playing our music. I mean, if then that that would change things. But from from what I've read, that's never going to happen because the labels involved are actually making a lot of money off the Spotify's and the Pandora's because they from what now this is what I've heard I don't know if this is true but I've heard those major record labels are actually investing in Spotify and Pandora and Apple Music and all that stuff I've heard the same thing for, so they're looking at the they're looking at the bigger picture like we're, we're going to make money off of the value of this company at some point mm -hmm. you know not necessarily on these downloads so who cares what happens to these artists? You know, there'll, there'll be a new new person in here next week. So, whatever. Exactly. In yep. other words, artists are disposable to a lot of record labels. Just, 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 uh, it's a paper plate that happens to come through. And if it gets dirty, you just throw it away and get a new one. Mm -hmm. You know? There will be another one tomorrow. You know, yeah. It, it, right. <sighs> so, and my, my point on uh, the post on, on the Facebook group mm -hmm. is that... When, when that happens, when people, when it just stops becoming worth it to really make any music and try to sell it and try to do anything with it, like, how, does that trickle down to gear sales? Um, you know, are, are, are people still going to buy custom shop Telecasters when that happens? Yeah. Well, so if you're strictly talking about that, then I, th I think the answer is yes, because the vast majority of custom shop telecasters are not bought by working musicians. They're bought by guys like me. Like, just guys who like to have cool gear. You know? Uh, right. The, well, I, yeah, I could agree with that. I, I don't think... I think the vast majority of the gear market in general is uh, guys who just, just enjoy it. I, there's, you know... 
you you know a lot more gu- guitar players and and musicians than I do. You know, a lot of musicians aren't gearheads. We've talked about that before. So I don't right, really most aren't. Yeah, I don't yeah. see the the streaming services and all that. I don't really see that affecting the way the gear market in general uh, buys gear because most of it's non most of it's non professionals, and I count myself in that category. So. Um, and most of the people I know that buy a lot of gear are not professional musicians. Many are, but uh, a lot of right. a lot of them they make their living elsewhere. They just enjoy enjoy the gear. So I, I don't think it'll affect it that way. I could be wrong. I hope that's true. I, I suppose that's true. I mean, it, I'm I'm trying to put I'm trying to think of an analogy that I that I can really. Um relate to because because i'm so close to the gear industry it's hard for, it's hard for me to relate to that you know what i mean mm-hmm. um you know so let, i'm trying to think of something else i'm in i'm not really into anything else really <laughs> I, know, I, know. <laughs> I don't it's 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 very hard for me to relate to not that's not the right word so when i buy gear i'm not buying gear because well, not all the time. I'm not buying gear because um, my favorite artist plays in overdrive or whatever. You know, Eric Johnson got the new Keeley, so I got to get the new Keeley. I don't do that. I don't either. Um, I, and some do. So, some do, which, I mean, whatever. What, if that makes you happy, then that's cool. Mm-hmm. But, um, what's, you know, when, when Eric Johnson, and I'm just using that name just for example, when he stops, when he stops getting the new gear because it's really not worth his time and money to make another record Mm -hmm. is that like does that affect the market you think um i don't well eric johnny johnson in particular i don't think he's ever gonna stop getting new gear he seems pretty addicted well but i know what you mean yeah i'm like yeah i'm not being literal i'm just you know this is just an idea so uh i I will say uh, this as far as like we could say brad paisley if uh-huh. Yeah, like pedal specifically, Good. I think in the last mm, fifteen years, like pedal boards have grown exponentially, and it became uh, much more acceptable and much uh, much more cool and much more interesting to scope out people's effects boards. I mean, don't get me wrong; like back in the day, my bloody Valentine had massive pedal boards, and there's been lots of massive effects users right. for years, but. I think your average guitar player, uh, both professional and non-professional, uh, uses a lot more pedals now because it's, well, one, the quality has gone way up as far as sound quality, um, and the, vers- the versatility has gone way up, and the, you know, the vast array of stuff that's available is just unlike any right. other time before. So it makes a lot more sense to have a big board. That said, I, will, I could see it potentially affecting the market if all of a sudden... Um, player, you know, professional musicians can't afford to have those big boards anymore, and they have to switch to something more small and less visible. I could see that um, possibly impacting the way average Joe guitar player uh, sets up his rig. He'd be like, "Well, you know, that guy doesn't need all this stuff, so I probably don't either." Um, Right. That said, I have a hard time seeing it pulling back from from where it is now. Boards seem to be getting bigger and bigger and bigger, <laughs> especially as musicians achieve uh, bigger levels of success. 
a lot of them seem to get more, more into the gear. Brad's a really good example of that. Yeah. <laughs> he does have a lot of gear. <laughs> and it, and it's, it, I'm sure. Truckloads full of gear, actually. Yeah. I mean, he's like as famous as, as a guitar player gets, and he has probably more gear than any other guitar player for the most part. Um. So I I don't know right. I don't like I said yeah. I don't I don't I don't really see it directly affecting our industry so much, um, but it could um, it definitely it has a possibility too because if the artists are getting less money overall which that's been shrinking for years it it has to have some sort of trickle down effect to uh, all those involved at some point I just don't know how 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 much we would feel it in particular right. Um, right, right. Yep. So, <laughs> so it's kind of funny, not f- funny, funny, but kind of odd. S- apparently Spotify is going to go public next year, mm-hmm. which means that, um, it's good timing for, I guess, downloads to stop. Mm-hmm. It's good timing. It would make sense. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, let's just, uh. Let's just make sure that no one can buy music. Yeah, that's what we'll do. <laughs> that's true. So I don't know. I, I mean, it, it's um, in this day and age, like we've talked about this a million times. It's it's so easy for a guy like me to buy a computer and buy some, you know, some drum loops and some bass loops or whatever, and put together a song. Mm-hmm. I mean, we've never had that before. I mean, I, I remember being in my teens and i had a little task m four channel recorder i don't know you probably don't remember that you used an actual tape cassette no i got Did no you? that was my first um, first uh unit i still have it around here somewhere yeah yeah and and i remember when that came like, whenever i was able to buy that i was just like blown away like holy crap i can like I can make my own music now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> See, and that didn't, doesn't compare at all to how things are today. No, so no. It's, so, so, I mean, I guess, I guess I say that to say that it's going to be interesting to see what happens. I think we're going to have a gigantic amount of music and a lot of quote-unquote bands or artists are going to have 100 followers or 200 followers, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. Because you can't, you can't consume everything. No, you know you it's just it's it's impossible to consume all the music. So I don't know. We'll see how it goes. We'll we'll see how it works. But it is a very interesting thought to to think of um, iTunes possibly stopping all the downloads. Yeah, I don't like it. And just I don't stick with streaming. I don't like it, but I I really I'd have to look at the numbers to to know what I'm talking about for sure. But I I don't I don't necessarily see that. Um, I, I could be all wet because I don't, there again, don't make my living from this stuff. So I'm removed, but I, I don't see it getting honestly too much worse than it is now. Um, it, you know, it's already hard for musicians just to make money off of music sales. It's, it, it's already super, super difficult. So the ones that, that are smaller and successful tend to, uh, you know, a put out really good stuff and B did a really good job at, you know, engaging with the, with their audience. There's, you know, I'll, you know, albeit it might be a lot smaller, but it's a very passionate group of people, and they're the ones who are going to 
buy the vinyls that you guys think, you know, that somebody might come out with. They're the ones that are going to buy the t-shirts. They're the ones that are going to, you know, attend the concerts. Um, so I do think there's, there's ways to do it. You just have to be creative. Uh, you know, I know a lot of artists hate this word, but you got to get creative with your marketing and you got to get creative with how you speak to your people, not just through your music, but through your, all your other channels that you're developing. Um, Right, your Instagram and your Twitter and et cetera, et cetera. Mm-hmm. Yep. So that's uh yeah, and I and which and I think that's especially as artists, that's one thing that most most artists hate is the idea of marketing, or even the the <laughs> the the concept of using your art and selling it to someone and getting them to buy it. You know, what I mean, like that whole that whole thing seems kind of. Um, uncomfortable. And in fact, I, I've <laughs> I've talked to some you know smaller artists who feel like if they sell too much, then they're kind of being a, they feel like a scam artist. And I'm like, you're you're not scamming anyone. You're stir- you're trying to sell your music. You're just trying to make a living off of it. If you don't sell it, you're not going to make a living off of it. Like you you've got to sell. You've got to market if you want to. Um, you, you know do anything with your music. And that's just the way it works. So it it's very uncomfortable to a lot of people. Well, I think they get this they get this image of their in their head of like um you know, the kind of greasy used car salesman, uh record label exec type person, you know, that they're like, "Oh, yeah. they're there to Have I got a deal for you." Yeah, they're there to sell. Yeah. They like they're saying sell is like they're we're here to let me sell you on this. Like basically sell you something you don't want or need. When that's not what we're talking right. about here. We're right. talking about getting out to the people that want your stuff. There's artists that I go out of my way to buy their, I'll buy the, buy their record. You, you know, I really been getting into vinyl. Um, I'll buy their vinyl and then I'll, and then I'll stream it. Uh, you know, well, like when I'm in the car or whatever, that way they're getting double paid a little bit. You know, there, there, there are people right. who care about music enough to go out and do those things. Um, you know, I, I, no, there definitely are. Yeah, I just a lot. And there's I think a vast majority of people don't think of it that way. The vast majority don't, but that, we're not talking about those people. We're talking about trying to get your people, you know, and you got to go out and find them. And that way, you're not selling in the weird way. You're providing them with something they want. Like nobody gets mad at right. uh, <laughs> nobody gets mad at the waitress for selling them food. Like they're there because they want food. <laughs> that's a good point. I, I mean, that's what I'm. That's stop strong arming me. I don't want another piece of pie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like you. Have you ever? See, I mean, that's what I'm getting at. Is you want to cultivate you, as an artist, you want to build the restaurant, and then the people in the restaurant will are happy to be there. There you go. That's 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 a better way to look yeah, at it. Yeah, that's a good. That's that that's a great analogy. Yeah. I like that. So I don't know. That's all right. That's a good, great place to wrap it up. You think? Okay, it works for me. You want to want to put a big want to put a big bow on it? Like, uh, what? So, what would you if you're an artist today? What would you recommend? If I was an artist today, make music, trying to make it <laughs> as a musician, I would do the same exact thing that I would do if I was a uh, pedal company trying to sell pedals. I would start creating. Lots of free, and this it's none of, now none of this is easy. Um, 
it's 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 a grind uh but i would start creating a lot of free content uh try to put a unique spin on it obviously you got your music you've created your music that's your baby now start creating content around it maybe you're one of those people who put out a music video for every single song on your album maybe you put out uh exclusive songs for people on your email list maybe you you know there's just a million different ways to do it, but you got to start building those channels. Um, and it's all around, you basically have to treat yourself like a, a small media company um, and, and start getting yeah. it out in and front we of people. Define what, we should define what content really is because content isn't just the songs. No. Content's like um, the, the interesting picture that your fans might like. Mm-hmm. On your Instagram page, not you know what I mean. The one that, and maybe it is a picture of your gear. That's cool. Maybe it's a picture of the venue you're at, or um, you know the the uh, the the back room, the green room, or whatever you want to call it before you play. You know, and and the I don't know the spread of vegetables and fruits that's there while you're you know the opening bands on stage or whatever. Mm-hmm. I mean, the pictures with the opening band. It's b- like- basically. Yeah, I mean, it's it's telling the story of who you are and doing it in a way that's entertaining and informative to your audience. Mm-hmm. Well, and, the, and um, <laughs> we've seen this before, where a lot of people turn it into a commercial. <laughs> you know, it's buy my song, buy my song, buy my song, buy my song. Download it now. Mm-hmm. Don't do that. Mm. Stop. <laughs> no, just be cool, man. Just be cool. <laughs> right and talk and talk to the people that like your music actually get in the comments and engage with them mm-hmm. you know don't i mean that's that's so critical i think a lot of artists who are you know coming up forget that that's that's the coolest thing ever to your to your audience mm-hmm. whenever the actual artist that they're listening to responds back to you it's the best feeling in the world it's i'll equate it to this you're at uh, I'm a basketball fan. So you're at Indiana Pacers game, right? Mm-hmm. And the player shoots a shot, looks over at you, you, you just happen to be in the audience, and winks at you. If you're that guy, that's awesome. Yes. In the same way, like if you go to a concert and you're near the stage and the guy's playing and he just looks down and looks you right in the eye, there is a cool factor to that that you can't explain. And it's the same <clears> way on Instagram. If a guy replies, or a player, or an artist replies back to you, the you know the uh, the the customer or the fan, then th- that's indescribably, 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 whatever the word is, <laughs> you can't describe how cool that is. <laughs> well, exactly. You know, and it's and that builds that starts building up your fan base one by one because they'll tell their friends how awesome that was. Well, I mean, and then their I have a, fan, friends will follow you. I have a direct example. It's a more of a real life, but the same thing applies in the social space and online. But it, exactly what you just said. So I am a, I'm a, I'm a big fan of uh, Dropkick Murphys, and have been since I was a teenager. And I don't even know how many albums and merch I've bought through, from them, um, because I was at their concert uh, here years ago. I don't know, probably probably 10 12 years ago at this point and they do a thing where like they let the they let the audience get on stage at the end of uh, like most of their shows and uh i got to get up on stage and their bass player slash uh you know singer ken casey 
hands me the microphone. Uh, yeah, I bought a lot of T-shirts from them. <laughs> wow, that's that is completely awesome. Yeah, I mean, so I mean, that's but like, what people need to understand is you can metaphorically hand people the microphone by, what if you? I mean, like, same idea. What if you let a fan in the city you were playing in take over your Instagram for a day, like? What if you like did that? Yeah, that person's gonna be a diehard. You may have just taken taken somebody from a level of they kind of like you to they love you now, uh, or love your art. And you they know? will, and they, right, and they'll follow you blindly into the desert. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I mean, in a way, like when if you build hardcore fans like that. Man, they'll buy everything you you do, mm. and I don't mean bu- bu- buying a bad word because I mean buy an artistic word where you make a song, they want to hear it immediately. Yeah, and they want to support you. Know, they, you. they can't wait, right? They can't wait to to listen to your new music, versus someone like eh, ah, if I, I don't know, I may keep you know, check on them every now and then, may not. I don't. It, like that's a lukewarm fan, mm-hmm. and you want diehard fans. Mm-hmm. And and that's the way anybody's going to make it, and it never happens overnight, ever. It's a it's a no. it's a long no. process, a super super long process, and it's a and it's an ongoing process. Um, so it's a that's this is this is exactly what I I tend to be talking to with with businesses that I work with, like this is how it's going to work if you want it to work long term. This is what you do. You do these things. You engage. You have to engage. Do you, do you find that, and do you find that even working with businesses outside of music, are they still arguing with you on this? Yes. Are they still like, no, all we need is that yellow page ad or that you know magazine ad? Yeah, there's a lot of well, this used to work. It's like okay, but you hired me because it's not working anymore, right? So let's let's try something else. <laughs> um, and 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 some people it's hard because the ROI isn't measurable for a very long time. But at some point, it's it's right. it's undeniably uh, a, a worthwhile endeavor. Like you go in, I always say, like give it at least a year before you decide if it's if it's not working or not. At least, and that's right. bare minimum. Because because, like you said, it's not it's not an overnight thing. No matter what you do, no matter what you do, it's not, nothing is an overnight success. Even though it may look like it, it's because a heck of a lot of hours went in beforehand. To make that overnight success, you know? Yeah, I think I, I think I heard Chris Stapleton say uh, something about, yeah, he was an overnight success that was like 10 years in the making or something. Uh, right. It might not have been him. might right. have been somebody else. But that's still true. So That's still true. Yeah, I mean, almost every example I can think of of someone that was an overnight success was there because they were busting their butt for years before that. Mm-hmm. You know? You just didn't know it because they popped up on the scene all of a sudden, and that's when the first time you heard him, you're like, oh, this guy's getting really big really quick. Never heard him before. But you, you didn't see him slaving away and, and, and hustling to get his music out there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So anyways, that's all I got to say about that. I think we've, I think we've, we've done all the damage we can do for today. <laughs> and scene. All right. All right. Bye, guys. <laughs> see ya. So thanks so much for listening to the Chasing Tone podcast. I hope you really like it. hope you enjoy it. If you have any comments or questions, you can email podcast at wamplerpedals.com. 
If you need to reach Blake, you can email him at info at tonemob.com. And uh, we'll talk to you guys next week. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.